Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now, here's your host, Matt Lyles. Some of my favorite interviews that I get to do are with real business owners getting really vulnerable, talking about the challenges that they're facing and what they're doing to lead their companies and lead their teams through some big obstacles. And it's no surprise that here in 2020, during our current pandemic environment, there are a number of industries that are facing challenges and struggles. One of those industries is the events industry. And today I get to talk with Kevin Brewer. Kevin is one of the founders and principals of Leo Events. They're one of the biggest names in the event industry. And they've done everything from small, intimate get-togethers with smaller companies to huge multi-day events that happen in multiple locations across the whole globe. They've worked with big-name clients like AutoZone and Hilton and FedEx and Walmart. In fact, you've probably seen a lot of their work with Walmart's annual associate and shareholders meeting. I mean, if you've ever seen it in the news, it looks like a big festival with big-name comedians and speakers and rock and roll concerts. Leo Events is the one that makes all that happen. But like many other event companies, Leo Events is currently facing challenges today. Kevin talks with me about what they're doing to innovate to overcome those challenges, to help their clients in focusing on the right goals, but also, and you'll hear this later, how they're thinking about and focusing beyond just themselves and understanding that there are a number of smaller companies, agencies, and freelancers in their own ecosystem that they've decided to reach out and help and support as well. Now, I've known Kevin for a number of years, and I'm blessed to be able to call him my friend. It has been so fun watching Kevin and his wife, Cindy, and their other founder and partner, Kent, be able to grow Leo Events to the organization that it is today. And they've been able to do that by taking a very intentional approach to how they lead their team members, to how they focus on their client needs, to how they provide innovative and cutting-edge technology to the events that they put on. And so we're going to talk about that today, as well as what they've done to help weather the storm during this environment. So here it is. Here's my interview with Kevin Brewer from Leo Events. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Great to see you, Matt. Been Good a while. seeing you. Yeah. Currently, it looks like live events are on hold, and there's you know a lot of uh, skepticism or questions on when they may come back. 
How is Leo Events planning for this right now? You know, right now we are just kind of in a research mode. You know, we are trying to get as much information about what the new guidelines are going to be, how how we're going to be able to do new events. You know, what is the social distancing? What's that going to have as an impact on the events as far as capacities in a room or anything like that? Also with travel, you know, it just affects every single aspect of your of, of an event, quite honestly. And then, you know, we've also been really kind of working on, um, obviously, the pivot to the virtual piece to it and how to make that transition for our clients and, and potential new clients moving forward. Tell me about the pivoting aspect. We're hearing a lot of this right now. A lot of people are saying, you know, you know, in, in this time, don't panic, pivot. So help me understand what are the things that you're doing to pivot and do you see them as temporary solutions? Sure. About, about eight months ago, we um, kind of formalized a, a digital division. So back in the fall of last year, uh, really more geared towards kind of some registration pieces, but also really some uh, taking the app aspect of it. And how do we engage our attendees and things through our apps and stuff more through gamification whether it's or information, all of those types of things. So we built a platform with regards to that. When this all kind of happened, it allowed us to look at that platform and say, what can we use that for now? As a, and going into the virtual meetings was a kind of a really easy transition for us from that perspective. It took a little cha- challenge of obviously you know, creating some of that, that coding and all of the works that we need to do with regards to that. But it allowed us to have a kind of a running start on the process already. So we were very fortunate to have had that. The other piece of it is, is that we've been able to kind of go out and also learn about the other platforms out there because as an agency, the way we look at it and the way we talk about it is, is our clients come to us with a need and they come to us with a, a certain problem or a certain thing that they want to get across. And that's our goal to find what is the best way to communicate that and what's the best way to do that. So whether it's our platform that we have or it's another platform that they use or that they found or they want to use, it doesn't matter. You know, our solution is we want to produce the, the event for them, but then we also want to be able to provide it within a service or, or within the, using the vendors and the services that will best do it for them. That is a different approach like than, than, than what I think of. Like when I think of event management, my, my initial thought usually is a company wants an event and here's the, you know, here's the agency to help run the event. But sure. it sounds like you take it a bit deeper. Tell me more about focusing on the goal at hand, because it sounds like what you're saying is that the goal comes first and then any tactics or execution is secondary to that. Sure. And that's why we approach it with any of our clients is, you know, each meeting has a, a set goal or set objectives that, that they want to do. So, you know, from a virtual standpoint or even a live standpoint, you know, from the face-to-face piece, we want to tailor that event towards to best maximize the results to those goals or those objectives. And so whatever the resources are that we need to pull in for that, then that's what we want to do. You know, whether it's a, 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 award ceremony or something that's more from an incentives trip or, you know, recognition piece to it, to a direct business to business type of meeting that you're trying to use to a user's conference. Everything has a different objective to it. And so how do you communicate those messages out there? And that's what we try to do and and find the best tool to do that. Even in 
beyond events, you know, in marketing and communications, a lot of it is focusing on the main goal at hand and then any tactics, any execution then comes second to that. Sure. So that, that, that's, that's cool to hear that story like in, in, a, in another industry. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's no different than choosing the destination. You know, it's just like yeah. choosing the destination of where you want to take your meeting. There's a reason for it or, or uh, a particular goal that you have in mind with that destination. Same thing with your virtual meeting and your platform that you would do there. You, you want to find the best outlet to convey that message and, and get the, those points across to your, your audience. Given that scenario, um, that it's all based around the actual goal at hand, and you and you mentioned you know pivoting and, and moving to more virtual aspect. So to me, that makes it sound like it's not just a cut and dry decision that well, if you have an event that's planned during the pandemic, you just automatically move it to virtual. So what are some of the steps, uh, and how do you walk clients through that process of understanding? how they may need to approach their event given this current situation. Yeah. It's been a, um, it's been a learning process for us as well. I mean, obviously, you know, you go from, well, of course we were, we were in the m- middle of in a number of cases loading in for live events when some of this started going on and some of the things were happening. So wow. you turn around and you actually pivot from that perspective. So you not only are you dealing with, what are your clients going through? You know, the challenges that they're facing internally, whether it's from their internal resources at their office to them personally, what's going on. So I think it's really from our perspective is really that dialogue and that communication of, all right, what are your goals? What are the things now that we have to address? How can we, how can we pivot that to, to making sure that we, we take care of that? Uh, one of our biggest things was we had a, a client who had an awards um, awards incentive trip set for uh, overseas that got canceled and, you know, trying to get it to work where, Hey, we can switch it to a virtual. We pitched everything and it just didn't, I don't think felt right from an executive standpoint. They just felt like it, it lost a little something, you know, or, and, and so it's hard to, how do you make those people feel special through a communication like this? Right. So now we've pivoted back and said, all right, let's rethink it. Let's relook at what our goals are and let's redo that. And so I think those are the biggest things is just having that communication, um, talking through the ideas and and making sure that they understand, you know, both the pros and the cons of what what you're looking at. In that situation right there, was was the primary goal to recognize and reward individuals and team members? Yeah, that was their, it was their major awards dinner. It was their president's club, if you would say, you know, they've worked all year, these people, you know, and they're, I mean, they were basically three weeks away from getting on a plane going overseas, you know, so how do you continue to make them feel good? But then again, you know, you also don't want to lessen that. And so we're working through some ideas of how do we do it again, you know, later on and, and different things, so not always cut and dry. So it, it, like, to your point, it involves uh, focusing on the goal, but then also that dialogue. I mean, you know, communication is key. It is. It's such a valuable part of what we do. And as, as you know, from a marketing standpoint, it's really understanding what the need behind the need is, or, or just really being able to be transparent and understanding, Hey, this is the pros and cons of what you're getting ready to do. You know, we, and we, we sit down with the, the client and say, here's the good, here's the bad, 
here's, you know, the, the, put the decision and, and help them try to help make the decision. We've had clients right now that, you know, we looked at doing their national sales meeting and they were talking five or six hours in front of a screen. And I'm like, we're all like, you can't do that. That's, you know, fatigue sets in and right. message gets lost and, you know, concise, more simpler and, and, and let's get it narrowed down a little bit. And what are the key, maybe three or four things you want to do and, and those types of things. And so we're able to, to help them kind of understand it's, it's hard sometimes mentally to go, we had a live event that we could do all this stuff in a six day, you know, in a whole day, but now we've got two or three hours to, or two hours or hour and a half to do something. So helping them to understand and get through that process. There've been some um, individuals that I've been working with as far as working in a remote environment or even, you know, even churches trying to figure out like how they are able to connect with their uh, members in a remote environment. And one of my, pieces of advice is replicate as much of, of your in-person experience as you can. But in your situation, that shouldn't always be the case. I mean, like, I I think, you know, to your point, it sounds like taking that dialogue deeper and understanding the goals, because, you know, there are lots of aspects of a live event that are a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and engaging over a period of hours, but not so much when it's in a virtual setting. (laughs) But get, it, your time is, is compressed a little bit. I mean, we still want to add those fun and exciting elements, and there's things that we've been doing, you know, to, to do that. But as you sit and you're static in a chair and you're not, you're not getting up to go to a break or you're not network, – the networking and the, the camaraderie piece of it gets lost in what a meeting does. You know, how many times have you sat in a meeting and you sit there and you go – you're, that was a great point. You turn to your neighbor and you're like, that's a great point. And the, the, the share back and forth there, just as a right. what you're hearing from the stage. So it's how do we can continue that dialogue and getting those things involved in it. And so I think that, you know, it's just helping people through that process. And then again, too, like we talked about, internet can be a funny thing. So someone's <laughs> yeah. experience that, you know, if they don't have it, their experience and the frustration and the, the level that they're not enjoying it, so you have that piece of it too. As the event management side and on the client side, you want to make sure that you've got everything, uh, all the resources you need to make sure that what you push out is right. a great virtual event, but the audience themselves, you know, they may not have all those resources. So right. their experience may differ from person to person. So that, that goes into the decision-making. Man. It does. It really does. And, and, you know, do they have the the proper things to be able to view it. And, and just, it's, there's a lot of different things with regards to that. But you you made a point earlier too. We really do try to also, you know, if you do a stage, if you're a bigger show and you have a stage, you still want that look, that feel of what you've done in the past, you know, you, you and we still right. try to provide that so that you're not lessening it to someone in a, you know, their bedroom, the seat, trying to give you the speech. If, if this is that big a thing, but we're really trying to give you that backdrop and that background so that you can deliver that professional and, and really um, focused and targeted content that you wanted to deliver. And not take away from the, the importance of the event. Correct. Correct. Given all the dialogue and the back and forth with the client, it sounds like communication is, is really key with Leo events. And to me, one of the primary points in communication is 
the actual language that we use when yeah. we're, you know, when, when we're having a dialogue with someone, whether it's a dialogue with client or dialogue with vendors or dialogue, even with our own team members. So yeah. I'd love to understand um, how much does the language that, that you actually use, how, what role does the language play in your dialogue? You know, it's, that's a great point. It's, it's, language is so key, especially in our, our industry, because there's so many acronyms, there's so many, right. uh, like the technical terms of all this stuff. And so if you're, you know, from our perspective, we really need to be able to talk to our vendors in that technical j- jargon, for lack of a better word, but technical, you know, communication but to convey that to your client or to someone in a more simpler term so that, so that they can kind of understand it a little bit easier. You know, the worst thing to do is sit there and talk about some technical things and they're like glazed over. Like I have no idea what you're saying. So we, what we really do is try to focus on breaking that down to where it's very digestible for them so that they understand what we're talking about using analogies, using things that they can kind of understand, you know, what, what the best frame of reference would be for them. I've been a part of some live event management before. And if the team starts talking in too, like too detailed jargon, then I, then like that's one more action that I have to take in my brain is like, Oh my goodness. I have to remember what that means. And I have to remember to get to that point. Um, in addition to all the things that, that I'm supposed to be doing on stage. Right. I still struggle with it. I don't even know all the terms. I just, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You guys got to explain that to me. So, and, and, but that's so true. I mean, if, if we're not able to communicate with the, our clients and, you know, even take what our clients are saying, it's just as important what our clients are trying to say and getting our vendor to understand it because it's just as important because they may not understand what our client is trying to express to them or, or, to us. And so it's really interpreting that and getting it into their language. So it's a, it's a communication, you know, we're kind of a filter of all, you know, kind of a doing it that way. Kind of a communication broker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Help, help me understand that a bit, uh, a bit more with you taking what the client says and explaining that direction back to the other vendors. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes they have a vision for it and so it's very hard for them to maybe, express it or put it into words. If we're standing in a ballroom or we're seeing a virtual thing and they, they, they're trying to give feedback and they may not understand the actual term that they need to use and they're, they're getting frustrated. And so the vendor also will say, I have no clue what you're, they're, they're saying. I don't understand this. It's our goal to kind of dig a little bit deeper with the client, get an understanding of really what it is they're saying so that we can convey it back to them in the terms and understanding that they, they want. Then we're able to give everybody what they need to produce the show the right way, you know, so that it meets their vision and and meets their, their expectations. Everybody wants to feel understood. Everybody wants to feel like people are, are hearing them and, and understanding them. And that's a pretty cool role to be in, to be able to, you know, take what a client says and then apply that, you know, to the vendors in their own language. And then the whole event comes out. And my assumption is when everything goes to the client's vision, part of their feeling is, well, you know what, they got it. They heard me. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, I think that's, I think that's one of the most rewarding things for us is to be able to, to when the client comes to you at the end, you know, no matter what kind of meeting or, or event or whatever it is, is to say, 
you gave me exactly what, this is exactly what I envisioned when we started this process. And that just makes us feel so much better. Or even better, it says, you've exceeded my expectations on it. And that's what we really want. Well, there you to. go. Yeah. Um, and that's where you just like, oh, great. You know, and that's, that's what you do this. That's why we've done this for. And you can probably, you know, ask all of our employees or, and people, a number of people in this industry. That's, that's your goal is, you know, I want to exceed that expectation and get what you were looking for and produce that out. That plays into one of the behaviors that I like to really focus on with business leaders is understanding the value of empathy. You know, um, and, and when you provide a client with exactly what they ask for and more, I mean, then, then, then they feel uh, valued. They feel like, like you understand them. And, you know, and, and today I, I think empathy is becoming like a big focus with a number of businesses. I, I'd like to know what role does empathy play in the client relationship, in your vendor relationship, and even internally? I think it's, I think it's become more prevalent for us. Obviously it's always been a, a key thing for us to have that transparency, you know, whether it's with our employees, whether it's with our clients, whether it's with our vendors, you know, you can't have a relationship and, and can't depend on someone if you don't have that transparency and that, that trust. And that's, that's a huge piece to that. I think, especially in the, the times like now that we're dealing with, you know, understanding what everyone's going through and the difficulties of that and what's causing, you know, from their decisions and stuff is it plays a huge role in how we interact, you know, not only internally with our, with our, our folks. Um, you know, we know they're struggling. A lot of them are struggling right now. They've, they're working from home. You know, we have a few that have started to come back in just a little bit, but working from home and, you know, they've become teachers, you know, they've become yeah. full-time, you know, we've got six or seven moms who are, talking with two to three year olds, you know, and, and the, and, you know, they're dealing with the pressures that we all, his father and, you know, and, and parents know it's hard and plus trying to do their business and their job. And so we, we really empathize with them on those things. And I, I admire all of our employees for what they've done with regards to that piece of it. You know, Cindy and I, we have to split it up. And so, you know, who gets to stay home with them one day or so, but so we understand that and we try to empathize with that. And the same thing with our clients. They're going through a lot. Um, we don't know all the stuff that's happening within their company, the stuff that they're dealing with. Right. We've had companies, we've had clients who they lost 40% of their team, you know, and so they still have the same workload. They just now have 40% less of their team. So how can we help them? How can we be a part of the solution for them and, and take that stress and that load off of them? Are there elements that we can bring to them? And, and so I think that's where we, we work with that. You know, one of the things we did for, for some of our clients this, this, just recently was we sent them all a meal, you know, to, to their home. We sent a couple of our top one, you know, just some of the clients out and just said, Hey, we know you guys are struggling and having a hard time. We just want you to have a meal on us, you know, wow. and send it to them. And, the feedback we got from, from those folks were just, you know, warmed your heart. You know, it was like, you don't, that meal came at a day when I was having the worst day. And just to have that was just something that made me smile. And that just, you know, that warms our heart, you know, from our perspective. And so what does that do for, for relationships? 
when you when when you take actions like that? We feel it just it strengthens the bond of you know. Um, we always tell people. We, we hope that we feel like a little, almost like a family or just dear close friends, mm-hmm. you know, in some aspects. And and you know, you get to know people. I think in our industry and and stuff when you're on the road with someone or you're at a trade show, or if you're working on a, if I'm working with a client on a, on an event that's so big, you're working with them so closely, you begin to develop a friendship or develop a relationship that's so strong. And I think those are one of the great key things that, that with our team that they really do. And it's not fake. It's not, you know, it's a really true feeling. And we still to this day have, relationships and maybe they moved on to a different relation, different company and you're not using us, but we still have great relationships with them and work or exchange ideas. As we know, we talk about this, you know, sometimes as the best thing is to be able to get on the phone with, with a, a person that's in your thing and just exchange ideas and, and yeah. bounce things off. And that's what we, we love to do. And it's fun to be able to still have relationships, you know, that may not, you know, be working with you right now, but mm-hmm. I love being able to reach back out to people that I've worked with and just get on the phone and, you know, and brainstorm. And sometimes they help me with a problem that I'm trying to solve. And sometimes I help them. So I, I love being able to do that. One thing that I've been seeing, I've, I've, I've seen a bit of this from Leo events in your social media is communications tagged with, you know, hashtag till we meet again. Is that right? Till, till we meet again. Yes. Yeah. Tell me more about that message because when, when I see that, that, that message doesn't appear to be more client facing or customer facing. That message looks like it's more industry facing. It is. We wanted to kind of say, you know, we have a tremendous, what we consider our extended family of freelancers, uh, suppliers, you know, hoteliers we've worked with all along, you know, all of them. And it's just, a, you know, it's a tough time. And so we just all are saying, we kind of use that as a kind of a catchphrase of let's ex- like share our experiences, share our things, continue to talk about the importance of the event industry um, and what it reached and how it impacts so many different industries out there. You know, you know, people don't realize they think the restaurant business, the restaurant business, restaurants, hospitality, you know, yeah. the, the food providers are hospitality, you know, all of those different things. There's a lot of different people that are impacted by this. And so our thing is to share those ideas and share those experiences and, and exchange things and be advocates for the, for it. And cause we're going to meet again, you know, and we're going to see each other again and we're going to be out there doing this again. Cause the importance of that face-to-face meeting, it's great seeing you and it's great talking to you but I would much rather be sitting right directly across from you having that beer and us talking oh, like you know, all the time. And so, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the, that's the piece of it is like, so till we meet again is till we're face to face and we're hanging out there meeting again, we'll be there. A lot of times, especially right now, we're seeing companies and brands talk to their customers and I mean, it, it's, it's kind of the norm and I, I guess it, it's accepted that uh, vendors and agencies that that may work with our companies or that may work with our brands, I mean, you know, they they may not get the communications from from us or the communications from the brands or companies because they're focusing more on customers and clients. So, so to me, like that that seems like really different from the norm. What what's been the reaction? 
It's been great. You know, it's really kind of just on the, on the social media side of what we've done and whether it's through Facebook, LinkedIn, and it's been great hearing some of the stories people have shared, whether it was uh, some of our producers or, or our freelancers sharing stories about different things. And it's really kind of been this whole advocacy of we really do need to keep it going. Let's keep people thinking about the importance of this industry and importance of face-to-face meetings and and also the the good it brings to the communities and the areas and all of the different things, you know, you being there in Nashville know it far better than anybody. That convention center downtown is such a huge piece of what makes that downtown so vibrant, so fun and so beautiful. It's missing a little of that when you bring all these people in and the cultures and stuff. And so, you know, that's sharing those stories. and, And so that everyone can say, Hey, till we meet again. That just brings a reminder that there's a much larger ecosystem or really maybe a more simpler term is that there's a larger family to your point right there's a larger family that we sometimes don't realize and it sounds like y'all have really focused on that and helped and 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 sometimes you like uh, and i'm i'm learning this lately you know being by myself in my new venture i don't have the community that I used to have in my previous corporate role. And I, my assumption is that, you know, smaller vendors and freelancers don't have that community. And the time that they do feel community is when they're working with you at events. So yeah. my, my, so that, that goes back to the family aspect you were talking about. Yeah. You know, and that's it, when we talk about the, we talked about the empathy a moment ago and, and stuff. And, you know, it's really been our part is to, Hey, they're looking, they're wanting to know when their next job's coming to. They want to know when's the next opportunity. What are you, everyone's wanting to know, what are you hearing out there? What are you seeing? What do you, what do you hear from the clients? What do you hear from corporations? What do you hear from that? And so, you know, we've started doing some town halls with our freelancers to kind of just let them know, Hey, here's what we're hearing. may not be anything huge positive, but it's, it's just something to get us all together so they know that we're thinking about them. We understand the challenges that they're facing. And, and, and as soon as we can get them back on our, on our teams, we, we will. Just kind of staying in touch from that perspective. I think that that's again, goes back to just understanding what everybody's kind of going through and, and wanting to kind of stay out there and helping them as much as possible. I think that there are a number of people, a number of companies who recognize that they're in a, Pretty, pretty good position and recognize how they are able to reach out and, you know, keep people connected or reach out and help other people. And the companies that are doing that are really building a strong reputation. Yeah. So I think that's great that y'all are doing that. We're in the pandemic environment right now. Uh, yeah. The economy is really uncertain, but, you know, even what, 10, 12 years ago, um, there, there was the recession. Some handful of years, uh, you know, like six-ish, seven-ish years before that, you know, there was, um, you know, dot-com bust and, you know, 9-11. And there were, you know, economic and event impacts from that. So certainly, like, we, we can't plan for how, and how a pandemic like this is going to impact our business. But is there anything that you and Cindy set in place as you were building your business, is there anything that y'all set in place that's helped you weather this storm? Yeah, I think Cindy, Kent, and I, when we kind of 
we've got the company going and everything. It's we all kind of rose up, kind of grew up through the, all those processes, right? right? Whether we were an hourly employee in some of them, or we were an executive at a firm or something in some of the other elements of it, we all kind of went through it and, and saw kind of certain pieces of that. And I think we, while we're all three huge, hugely entrepreneurial, we also understand the fiscal responsibility. And we, we were parts of organizations that maybe didn't do financially or fiscally what they should have done during right. the good times to make sure that you know. And one thing about the events industry, you know, it's secular, you know, you, you know, you're going to come through certain things, you know, and um, we here in Memphis have a great opportunity to see um, some, some fortune 500 companies who almost are like the telltale sign. You know, they've got, you, you, they're, they're, they can kind of, you can kind of foresee what's coming down the road a little bit. Yeah. So we're able to kind of build it up and say, all right, we kind of see some things that are happening. We're going to, pull back some stuff and, and take, you know, make sure we, we have some things protected and have our rainy day fund for lack of words, you know, and stuff. So I think we've been really financially uh, responsible with some of our stuff, fiscally responsible for, with a lot of our things and, you know, really controlled growth. You know, we try to control the growth of our company from a standpoint of employees using freelancers when we can, you know, making sure that the hires that we needed to hire were, were, at the right time and, and, and uh, right. done so that we're not having to, to go through, you know, some of the things that some other folks maybe have uh, before now. And we're hoping that as this thing can turn around, you know, things, it's just, it's a tough time for everyone. So I think we're, we're continuing to be very positive and pivot and be nimble. We like to use that word. We're nimble. We, if we see an opportunity, we want to be able to go for that aspect of it when you're fiscally responsible and you're not overburdened financially, it helps you to be nimble. Yeah, it does. It does really does. And, you know, I think you're able to react a lot more, you know, and, and that's a great thing about being kind of a smaller company too. You know, we don't have yeah. certain things that we're able, we, that tie us down and, and the commitments that we have with regards to certain pieces. And so, we're also able to make quick decisions and say, all right, we're doing this, you know, uh, very similar to what we were talking about very earlier on was, you know, with that platform, we were able to pivot very quickly and say, all right, we know that this is going to come down the line. We can start seeing it. So we were able to put some resources towards that and, and be able to get something out fairly quickly. So where other people are still trying to figure out where that, where they fit into that market. We talked about other industries, you know, that are hurting. Like you, you said, hospitality. Um, there's lots of other leaders out there who are facing uncertainty today. What advice can you give business leaders not in the events industry to help them gain clarity on how they can move their business forward? You know, I think one of the biggest things, and matter of fact, we had a conversation about this. Um, my One of my executives and I were talking you know, I have to say, get the information and go with your gut. You know what you need to do. You get the information and you know what you need to do. It's the point where you ponder it and rethink and overanalyze that the problem can grow a lot bigger. And then it's a far worse thing to have to deal with. So I think one of the biggest things that we try to do is we get the information we go with our gut. We, we know the decision we need to make, and we make that decision and go forward. Good or bad, 
if we, we, you've made some bad ones and you make some good ones, but you're not contemplating it over and over and over and being coming stagnant for that. Right. You know, and so if you make a bad decision, know that you're going to make bad decisions. It's how you react to that bad decision. And it's how you course correct that you figure it out. Um, and then you're going to hit on the good ones and you're going to make decisions. You're going to look back and go, wow, I actually waited too long to make that decision in some cases, you know? And so I think, I think that would be one of my key pieces to that is get your information, go with your gut, make that decision and go with it and not look back. I used to uh, overanalyze things myself. I would get into analysis paralysis. Right. And um, to your point, one of the things that I like to, you know, when, when I get overwhelmed uh, trying to analyze situations, um, I usually know at least the next right step to take. And so like, that's, that's what I tell myself. And sometimes, you know, Rachel will have to remind me too. like, she'll say, Hey, you know what? Stop it. Just do the next right thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, I think that's one of the things that the three of us have done, done really well is, is we, you know, we get our information and we make that decision, make the gut, the call and, and, and then go with it. And, you know, we've, we've done some good and some, you know, we've done a lot more good than we've done bad. I'll put it that way. Well, there you go. And, and that, that's, that's always good. <laughs> it is. It's better that way. <laughs> we know that events, like, like you said, events are uh, cyclical. Um, events are going to come back. And there are even, you know, uh, virtual events today. So there are still ways for businesses to reach, uh, to reach their team members or to reach their audience through some experience. So where can businesses go to learn how Leo events can help them create powerful experiences for their audience? Well, first and foremost, we'd love for you to go check out our website at leoevents.com. Um, shows you a lot of about us and, and you'll learn um, a lot of case studies that we've done and what we've done for a number of our clients. And then reach out to us by connect at leoevents.com. And uh, if you have some specific needs or uh, concerns or just want to chat and, and ask questions, email that number and uh, or either that email address and we'll make sure we get back to you uh, right away. Somebody on our team will, will make sure we get to you. I know that there are people out there thinking, well, like we, we, we want to be able to reach our audience, but like, how can we do that? Yeah. And you, you guys know how. <laughs> we'll work, definitely work uh, with you. Last question for you here. Um, something that I'm asking uh, most everybody, if you were to create a soundtrack for Leo events, mm-hmm. what songs would be there? Wow. That's a good one. Um, well, obviously, we would probably have a Foo Fighters. Whoops, sorry. We would have a Foo Fighters um, song on there. Times like these, probably. Oh would yeah. Be on there. Uh, that's Kent and I would probably have that one. Um, Cindy would have uh, a Justin Timberlake. Probably uh, can't stop the feeling. You know, she would have that one out there. Um, we probably have an Elvis song, "Suspicious Minds," probably something along those lines there. And then, because obviously, being here and yeah. gotta have a gotta have a and there. They're a great client of ours too, so it's also good. Um, who, who is that? Uh, great, Graceland. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. fun! Um, and ah, uh, gosh, I'd have to have a me personally. I'd have to have an REM something in there, and oh yeah, I'll even throw a, little, throw a little kiss in there too. You know, just for old time's sake. So maybe a little Detroit Rock City. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Rock and roll all night, party every day. You know, that's what we that, do. We do parties. In the so there you go. You know. Yep. So we, how we, fun, cool deal. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been really helpful for me, and I think this is going to be helpful for others as well. Just learning and hearing, you know, because the events industry is one of the industries that's really hit right now. And I think it's helpful for people to understand what some of the industry leaders are doing and how you're pivoting and how you're planning and preparing. So thank you so much, Kevin. It was great seeing you tell everyone there. I said, hi. Yes. Well, we miss you here. So look forward to seeing you again. So till we meet again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kevin Brewer from Leo events. And no matter what business you're in, I know you can learn a lot of lessons from the discussion we had today. But if you're looking at possible events for your own company or your audience, and you're trying to figure out, well, what does the landscape look like coming up? What's the landscape for the rest of 2020? What's the landscape for 2021? And how do we create engaging events for our audience? reach out to Leo Events. You can find him at leoevents.com or you can reach out directly to them at connect at leoevents.com. They're happy to talk with you and happy to help you figure out what you can do to help engage and inspire your audience. And if you're in the same position as Leo Events and that you've been able to currently weather through this storm during this pandemic environment, then I ask you to take a page out of their playbook and to start to think about who are those in your own ecosystem? Who are those that are not inside your business, but are connected to your business that you can help and support? Maybe they're agencies or vendors or freelancers. Maybe they're your clients. But what can you do today to provide support to them? Sometimes it's just communicating and engaging with them and just listening to them. And sometimes it's just sharing what information you have with them. And believe me, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of strength. There's a lot of inspiration and motivation that can come through the power of a community with your own ecosystem. Now, if you're on the other side of the storm, if you're still facing challenges, if you're still trying to figure out how you can get through this environment, then reach out to me. You can leave me a voice message. You can reach out to me at mattliles.com slash askmatt and leave me a voice message. Tell me how you're doing. Tell me some of the things you may be struggling with right now. Tell me some of your challenges. Is there anything in your business that you just need some clarity on? Let me know how I can help you at mattliles.com slash askmatt. Hey, I hope you're enjoying listening to the Simple Brand Podcast. I love having you with us today. Um, I'd love it if you hit the subscribe button. And when you do, that's going to be a lot simpler for you to get future episodes. We've got some great episodes coming up, lots of more great interviews, lots of fun guests, more lessons from me, Matt Lyles. So hit the subscribe button, and then you can automatically make sure that you get those new episodes as soon as they're live. Until then, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. 
Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, keep it simple.